0: Welcome to the self-belief podcast where we talk with people who have great influence in the Metro Detroit business community We discuss all aspects of their journey including the moments when they have had to draw deeply on their self-belief to achieve their vision I will be your host Keith Baldwin with my co-host Georgiana Chaffetz Sponsored by Regal Payments and JAC Digital as well as our studio partner Office Evolution of Troy These conversations will potentially make you re-examine your beliefs about business, people, and life in general. Here's a taste of what's coming up today.
1: I'm one of those people when someone says you can't. Pushes you harder? You do it. If you say no, no is a perfectly acceptable answer to a question. But you can't is absolutely not an acceptable answer to a question so when someone
0: says you can't i go yeah screw you watch this hold my beer let's explore and scrutinize together as we unlock the mind of today's guests to provide you with inspiration and tangible takeaways that you can choose to apply in your life today's guest is lee padgett owner founder of busted bra shops in detroit and chicago and ann arbor six locations welcome lee
1: why thanks for having me yeah, Thank no, for thanks for here. coming.
0: And uh, you may have seen Lee about town in her in a shop, or just a lady walking around with bright pink hair one of these cities, or a little uh, Ford Transit van with busted bra shop plastered all over it. There's many different ways you can see Lee. And uh, if you're from the South, you may, have, uh, may not have known Lee from the early 90s South Alabama punk scene, she says. Huh. Was that a big scene back then?
1: In, in Mobile, Alabama, the punk scene was pretty big. This was back in the '80s. You, you make oh. me younger than I am. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> thanks. So, <but>
0: Mobile, <laughs> I had some oysters in Mobile once. Uh, oh, great!
1: Wenzel's probably. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah very, very famous oysters. Yeah, very good. And yeah, didn't, yeah. Didn't
0: listen to punk music afterwards, though. I was more of a mod guy from England, but uh, time for punk.
1: Yeah, it was. A, it was. It was a good scene. The Vomit Spots were there, and they brought in a lot of different bands that came through, and yeah, yeah. good bars.
0: Now, I know you um, came to Detroit in 2001. Was it from Alabama or where did you come from?
1: Oh, no, it was from California, actually. Uh, I was already married, and my husband got a job with Ford. So, yeah.
0: And now I know you're in the Navy. Um, Mm -hmm. Talk us about how you decided to apply for the Navy, what you did there. (laughs) <laughs> you, you press ganged into the Navy right back in the day. Yeah.
1: I was going to jail, and they said, your yeah. last resort is no. Um, <laughs> no. I, I enlisted in the Navy when I was 21 years old. Okay. Um, after high school, I went into college to be a theater major, which wow. did not make my father proud. <laughs> Ooh, that's what I wanted her to do. Um, and I ended up getting very ill when I was 19, and I had to take time off. Um, and then I kind of said, oh, my God, I almost died. I should live my life so big. And so I partied really hard. And then Dad was like, get out.
0: So basically you enlisted yourself to stop yourself partying. Is that what was happening?
1: Uh, it was pretty much my only resort. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So I, I, I guess it wasn't my only resort. <laughs> I went in to, to make my parents nervous.
0: Why the Navy? Why choose the Navy?
1: Well, I thought the Marine Corps would be it because the guy who was doing the recruiting was super hot, Sergeant Bass. Mm -hmm. But I couldn't do a Uh pull-up. He sent me to the back. He's like, how many pull-ups you can do? I said, I can hang here really cute. Um, (laughs) That didn't work. The Army, um, they said, well, what do you feel about mud and barbed wire? I was like, nope, next. Air Force was on vacation, so their office was totally dark. And the Navy guy said, you want to go have a beer? I was like, hell yeah, oh, let's go. It. Wow. <laughs> That's where it began. Now, So I went into the Navy at 21 years old, uh, and I loved it. Yeah. I absolutely loved the discipline. I loved knowing what I was doing every day, knowing what I was going to wear. I liked f- being successful. You had a road to success. Um, I thought I was good at computers. I thought I might be good at mechanical stuff. They proved I was. You know what I mean? You went to the Navy base every day, or you was on a ship? How'd that work? Uh, no, you you go in, is, you do boot camp, of course. Okay. And then I was I was landlocked. I was a landlocked sailor. I, just the schooling that I went to and what I qualified for. I, I graduated number one in my class, went on to my C school, and was doing really well. And then I was in a, a, an accident, which ended my career in the military. Oh, man. Yeah. So I'm a disabled vet. Okay. And um, volunteered with the Disabled American Veterans for several years. And uh, I still do a lot with veterans, but my husband is a retired Navy dude. So um, I still get to do a lot of stuff with them. That's great. Yeah.
0: And the the, the accident wasn't in the Navy, it happened outside, right?
1: Technically, you're in the Navy 24 hours a day. Well, true. (laughs) But a civilian caused the accident, Uh, yes.
0: Okay. Yeah. And uh, how uh, did. Did that? Immediately, did you immediately know your navy career was over? Or um,
1: it, no, you fight yeah. to stay in and and stuff. But um, it was it was bad. Yeah, yeah, it was. I couldn't walk for a couple of weeks. So wow. yeah, yeah. Uh, we 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 pretty much had it figured out that I wasn't coming back from that.
0: Sure. Yeah. Now you met your husband in the navy. No,
1: you? I no. met my husband because he was my fr- professor's son.
0: Oh, oh. Yeah. oh
2: how
1: would that work? I went back to school to be a chemist. Okay. And his daddy was a biology professor at the college I was working at. I did a work study in his laboratory. And we he also was in the military. Okay. And uh, one day he said, you're going to marry my son. And I said, you're okay. going to give me an A. So both things happened. Why chemistry? My daddy was a chemist.
2: hmm
1: And um, he... <laughs> The, I wanted to still work in theater, and I did work in the movie industry. I did work in TV. I, I really loved doing that. I worked in radio, um, DJ to different places, and um, enjoyed it a lot. But there was always that this isn't what you're going to do to make a living. There's no way you can make a living at this. And I was like, you know what, old man? I can do anything you can do. And he was like, prove it. And I went and got a chemistry degree. Wow. There you go. Well be careful how you treat your yeah, daughters who have rebellious. You have streaks. You had to
0: have liked it quite a bit, kinda just been to spite him because uh, you know, you get to spend quite a few years doing it.
1: You do, you spend quite a few years and, and then you realise that, hey, I can actually do this kind of stuff and at graduation my mom was like, You feel good about this now? You think you proved a point? I was like, Well, maybe.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so you you come here for Patrick's work. Yeah. Um, why leave that work behind uh, that you were doing? You could have got a job in Michigan doing that.
1: I could have gotten a job in Michigan doing that. Sure, absolutely. I, I also really enjoyed entrepreneurship and always had a side gig of some sort. Loved coffee shops. So I opened a coffee shop in 2003 in downtown Detroit, 2003 to 6, called okay. Cafe Detroit. Oh. Or it was also called Cafe Detroit.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah. And it was a blast. I met some of the best people out there.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah. So why a coffee shop and, and not not find a chemist job? You just wanted to do something on your own? It was, I you like making being a change. in
1: control of my own right. anxiety.
0: Okay. <laughs> That's drinking. a really
2: good point, actually. I never thought about it that way.
0: <laughs> and then uh, why a coffee shop? And then what made you uh, close it up Because it's years?
2: legal cocaine. Okay. Well,
0: it depends on the strength of the coffee, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. And I, I, I found artistry in um, Espresso.
0: Okay. And where, um, where in Detroit was it?
1: It was in downtown on Library Street. Do you know where the Gucci store is now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, cause, so that's called the King. It was the King Building, and right next door was this little short building, and I was in there.
0: Were there many coffee shops down there at the time?
1: No, there weren't. Just you? Just pretty much me. I was a, a beacon of hope. That's
0: right. <laughs> so why close it in six?
1: Um it, the landlord lost his building. Okay. Yeah, and he started doing crazy things to it like taking sledgehammers to toilets wow. on the 4th floor and taking out ceilings and
0: yeah. Huh.
1: So, we ended up having to close at that point. And mm. then we moved to Germany. We were, in 2006, we were moving to Germany.
0: Okay. Which yeah. town in Germany?
1: We were near Stuttgart in a little town called Nürtingen. That's where I had Lively.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Lively's your son?
1: Yep. Keith knows my baby.
0: That's right. A what were some uh, life lessons you learned living in a different country for a couple of years?
1: Uh, pride in work. Okay. Pride in, in what you do. I, I, I think that was pretty fantastic in that culture. Um, but no, did
0: you not feel you had that already? Or it just was enhanced by seeing the culture over there.
1: I can't yeah, I think it was enhanced by seeing what they do. They, you really see how people fit in a society in a puzzle and how it works. You know, they they really do make a better mousetrap. Their machine works really, really well. Yeah. They also, you know, the the men and the women, the jobs, it's equal pay. It's it's the mm. respectful time. Um, very, yeah. well, very much. Last nice thing balance. as well,
0: when you had livelihoods, you had lots of time off because in Europe we give you lots of time off.
1: Well, in, in Germany I couldn't work. So right. that was part of it too. You know, I could have gone back into being a chemist. They had chemists. So to work in their country, you had to prove why a German citizen couldn't have that job. Oh, wow. Right. It's right so I was able to paint and, and travel and, you know, get pregnant. There you go. It was awesome.
0: So why come back?
1: Jo- I mean he worked for Ford, right? right. So, um,
0: but he didn't have the option to stay over there. They said no, we need you back at HQ.
1: You have to look at the economy at the time. They were closing things down in different right. in different countries. What's
0: because uh, I sometimes get asked this about difference between England and America, but you you made the point of saying it's different. What are some of the differences to maybe a Germany or just Europe that America has?
1: We walked everywhere there. Public yeah. transportation was. Amazing, fresh foods. Um, you walked into places to buy things there, into the different little village. The separation of cities. there's definitely a green space in between towns, right uh, But there's also biking paths in between towns. Yeah, which' pretty cool. Uh, let's see. Dogs could go into restaurants. Okay. Lots of <laughs> was It was actually. Yeah, yeah, it's all
0: stuff that started to happen just kind of now. You know, every town's making sure they have more bike paths and, mm-hmm. um, you know, the fresh food. And, and you see more dogs in businesses these days. But yeah, it's pretty commonplace for Europe.
1: Yeah. And Sundays, you could not work outside. You had to be with the family. So you couldn't, like, mow oh. your lawn or wash your car or really? hang out laundry. Yeah. No, you had to go and do things with the family and be quiet and keep peace. You would oh. disturb the peace oh, if you didn't thing. do it. That didn't happen it's a gross. very German thing.
0: Okay.
1: You know, I I liked. Um,
0: so when uh, when you started to go back to work, is that when you formulated your your bra, sh- bra shop, or you did something else in between?
1: did something I, I tried to keep working in the coffee industry, and I didn't like working for other people. Right. Uh, one of the things that happened in the coffee shop before we closed it is that we would hear every day that women needed a bra in the city. And in Detroit, there wasn't a place in the city to purchase anything like that. And people always look at How would you hear that me,
0: every day? How would that come up?
1: You, I mean, you, you know your barista is, okay. is more than like your bartender.
2: Oh, okay. Because
1: you're sober, number one. Right. Um, mostly. But you walk in and it's a fresh part of your day yep. and they usually know your order. And if you're in a little coffee shop like ours, then, you know, most of the time they'd be like, it's just small talk, right? Right. And that was a thing that women could talk about.
0: Because at the time, there was no, Detroit was not the Detroit of today. And there was probably, where was the closest place to buy a bra?
1: Out in the suburbs. But is there, a, is there a mall in the city of Detroit?
0: No mall.
1: J C Penney's, Sears. Right. Department stores, those aren't, those aren't here still. Right. You know, you can tell me you still have to travel out right to get some basic things
2: well the thing is even like when we had Frank from Hazano coffee he said that it's like a family you build relationships when people walk into the Hazano coffee every day or every few weeks they're like hey Frank how are you oh Frank I'm having a terrible day my toilet broke do you know a plumber so I feel like it would be the same thing with Lee with your coffee shop like hey like oh my bra's really annoying me today like do you know anybody where I could buy a bra do you know any place I can buy a bra I feel right. like it would be the same relationships it is.
1: There's one particular day that really sticks out. A judge came in because the court was just a couple blocks away. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lady came in. She said, do you happen to have a bread tie or something? And she was de- the desperation oh on my her goodness. face. I was like, yeah, I've got that. What, what's going on? She told me. And so I helped her. The hardware that keeps your strap to the cup had busted. Oh, no. And she's a judge. <gasps> that's not a good And she's like, look. this was my, my good bra. It was my last good bra. And, and that's when I stopped her and went, wait, what? What do you mean it's your last good bra? That doesn't make any sense. Go get another one. You're a judge. She's like, yeah, I'm a judge. I have three kids. I'm a single mom. When am I going to have time to drive 45 minutes out to the suburbs to get to go to a store that's going to close in 15 minutes or so they're not going to take care of me and they probably don't have my size or it's ugly? Wow. I'm like, oh, okay, what do you do? She's like, I get desperate and sometimes I have to take vacation and go find places to go. Yeah. Uh, and it just kind of stuck in my head, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. So, and that's, that's what formulated the idea of uh, the bra shop. And mm-hmm. then, um, even though you were seeing the need in Detroit, that's still a fairly brave move of doing it in Detroit. I mean, because there's money in the suburbs, um, but you were committed to it. What was the what was the main concept behind opening the store?
1: Um, I did end up going to work in in a bra store to figure out what okay. the sizing was like because I knew it would be different than what I was used to.
0: So you went doing. to get some experience from I did. a future competitor.
1: From a lady who's, whose grandmother started the business, so she was a third-generation bra fitter, and uh-huh. it was all, all the way over on the East Coast okay. in the Carolinas. So, okay. I, I mean, okay. we are not competition. Sure. Um, if if she ever needed anything, I would help her more yeah, than anything Yeah, I thought else. you meant
0: locally, which still would have been, yeah. yeah, been fine. Yeah, it would have been fine.
1: Maybe. Um, uh-huh. So one night I woke up in the middle of the night and just said, Patrick, go see if you can move your job up to Detroit. We're going to open up a store called Busted. Okay. It just kind of came to me 2.30 in the morning. He rolled over. He was like, alright, crazy. See ya in the morning. So he just wandered into his HR department in case you have a job up in Detroit which you wouldn't but because he worked in nuclear, okay, in the nuclear so industry. You,
0: so when you came back from Germany you went to the Carolinas? We did, yeah. Okay, So you weren't back in Detroit at that stage? No.
1: I went back to where Patrick's pam- family lived. Okay. Wilmington. Okay. Yeah, on All the beach.
0: Right. Yeah. So So this yeah. is five years after the coffee shop you've just said and had the revelation you need to get back to Detroit because of a conversation five years earlier about bras. Bingo. There wow,
1: okay. okay. You got it. It brings us full <laughs> stuck circle Stuck in now. your mind. Okay. It's just stuck there, yeah. yeah. Stuck there going, there's a need, there's a need. And that's when you look at the demographics because you have to prove, will this really work? Right. If we find any money, you know, you're scraping into the couch cushions. Um, If you find any cash, can you make it back? And there's 700,000 people in the city of Detroit. 53% were female, which means there's more boobs than people. Right. Well. There
0: you go. And that
1: that was so much need. how I kind of talked him into it. (laughs)
2: <laughs> so, okay, so he went to it. He, he literally, that day, he trusted you so much, he walked into his office and was like, hey, there's a job in Detroit? Is there? Yeah, they said, sure, we can move you there by August. Oh, my God. And what what month was this? I think it was June. Wow, okay. Yeah. So he must have trusted you a lot to do that. He's a good
0: guy. Is <laughs> he ready to leave as well, or he just kind of like, oh, if Lee says so, then we're ready.
1: I mean, he's happy to do whatever he's, easygoing. he's, easygoing. he's pretty easy going and he was ready to change industry and get back into okay. something automotive
0: perfect so, yeah all right so just for our listeners i mean we often have people who come up with ideas okay we want to do this so but then finding the money finding the space to really develop in a concept, uh, concept and then day one opening how did you do all of that so how did you make your idea become a reality In a way, I would not recommend anybody else do it. Okay. Okay.
1: All right. So how was (laughs) it? Let's hear it. So I joined what's called the Hatch Detroit Contest, and it's still uh, happening. The Hatch Detroit Contest, you tell them your business plan, concept, and I sent them bra-shaped cookies because it's not like I was making tires or something. I could send them a sample of tires, sure. right? I wasn't making anything. I'm selling it as a retail so store. Applying
0: for grants, applying for help, competitions for grants. I did competitions, yeah. right?
1: Yeah. And I did not win, but I got a lot of uh, I got a lot of activity. I got a lot of interest. And somebody said, "I have five five thousand dollars you could borrow, and five thousand dollars over here, and a couple more over so there." It's a good
0: way to test your concept. Kind of like a Kickstarter, but different. It proved
1: it to people that there's an interest. Okay. Okay. Are you really going to do this? How are you going to do this? Do you have any education in it? Right? Because banks still don't want to fund retail. It's expensive to fund retail. Sure. So um, did that. And then I rented an office about the size of this room, maybe 200 square feet. In the middle of a building with no windows, and I turned some boxes upside down and covered them with pleather, ordered a few bras from a company I still work with called Evedon. They sell me Alomi Goddess Fantasy and Freya. Amazing. And um, the same sales rep that came in and helped me put my first order together is still working with me today. Nice. Ten years later. Yeah. Yeah. And we moved in. The landlord in that particular building noticed that there were a lot of women coming out of my office with bags. He's like, do you want a store? I have a wife and daughters, and I know they need you. I'll build you a store. So he took a storage room in the back of the building and made it into a store for me. Oh, wow. I, and he just said, I'll just build it for you. Great. Thank you. So I moved in a couple months later and grew my inventory, and now we have six stores. Yep.
0: Yeah. Yeah. that was your first location next to the DIA, right?
1: Yeah, it was. You remember that one, don't you?
0: I remember that one. Yeah. That's right. That's right. And uh, you were there, and then what made the decision to expand? It just went well first two years, and you thought, time to open another one?
1: We ordered. We opened one in Chicago. Okay. This was a really kind of a domino weird effect. The landlord in the first building mm-hmm. sold the retail area. That next set of owners and I decided to part ways, and... I don't talk about it very often because it doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had been working with a lady over in the Jefferson Chalmers area, where I'm at right now, in a space. And I said, well, I've already got the Chicago space, so I'll just move over to that space. This is within a couple of months. Okay. So we've done that one move, moving to another. And then Midtown said there's a space in um
0: now, you say Chicago. You're in the city of Chicago. Yeah, I'm
1: in Hyde Park, which yeah. is one of the neighborhoods. Yep. So
0: why why open your second location in a different city rather than expand locally first, then go to Chicago? I,
1: it, it, well, I don't know.
0: Was <laughs> um, that another dream?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, it was. Sometimes it's a roller coaster. No, I had friends there, and then I had a lot of customers coming up. Because there's a train that goes from between yeah, the cities. Yeah. It's really easy to come up and go shopping or go down there, go visiting, and then go to a store. Yeah. And again, in a lot of places, there's not shops for anybody to purchase these items if you are over a D cup, which is n- not an average size boob. That's a tiny right. chest. That's a
0: tiny size. Right. So I'm probably the best person to do this. Uh-huh, so i sure it let's, is. Uh, let's talk technical bra talk. Um, <laughs> <laughs> why? Uh, why should you go to a bra shop rather than a mall or a, a big box chain? What's the What's the difference of having a fitter, and you know, Guessing how can it it, how can own? it make a significant difference to your daily comfort?
1: So, in a traditional, not really traditional, it in a mall store, sure. in a big box store, they are really focused on numbers in a way of what can I supply. What can I I need to put in a little bit of money in my supplies, Mm -hmm. as little as possible, Mm -hmm. to turn over my inventory. To do that, they really get into a small amount of of sizes. So they probably have sixty-six sizes in the store. And when you really think about sizing of humans, right? Right. Height, weight, width, bone structure, all of that, sixty-six sizes isn't a lot. So we carry over 200 sizes, like 220. Hmm. So you're going to get more slices of that pie to get the best piece of pie. Right. Um, our bras range, the majority of them are 50 to 70 bucks. So really, it's, it's, very reasonable. it's just as much or as little as going into some of the bigger stores mm-hmm. um, who have a less amount of stock. Right. But we do have very high-end bras. I mean, we don't have $500 bras. We have $250 bras. Okay. Very few. It's a, you know, it's a unicorn. We also have bras down in the $40 range, and we have quite a few of those, too. Right. But one particular size, it, but one particular brand that's very good, Curvy uh, Couture. Very popular with our, with our group. She's going to make sure that it's tight enough in the right spaces that the wire is behind your breast tissue. That's where women make a mistake. They get that wire in front of their breast tissue, and now it's uncomfortable.
0: Make, like you don't custom make bras in there, but you'll have a bra basically for every every nuance, right. every size, every right. area.
1: Right.
0: So right. It's so not I, like a custom fitted suit, you know.
1: No, I don't do any cutting. I don't do any right. sewing. But we do have uh, so many different brands and different models that we can, most of the time, find the right fit for someone. Plus, well, then they, you also have to talk about someone's comfort. Right. Yeah. You know, the so
2: most important, at least to me. Right. Some people like them really
1: tight because that, when you change the center of gravity, mm-hmm. when you change where that the bra tissue weight is being felt, you want it on your back, in yes. the center of your back, on the band, not on your straps.
0: Yeah. So. Yeah. What percentage of women come in and uh, improperly sized? You know, do you have a lot of people say, oh, I'm a 36C, and then you actually do your fit in the size and it be, oh, you're actually a B or a D or.
1: It's very rare that a new customer comes in and they say, I'm a 40 double F, and that they are uh, right. 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 Most of the time they do the A, B, C, or D. Right. And because they've, that's all they've had the option for, they keep going bigger and bigger in the band. Mm-hmm. So you'll get a tiny person in a really large band that's floating up their back or just kind of floating on their body. So, yeah, it's most of them, it, it, you know, they could say 80 percent of the women are in the wrong size bra. Yeah, probably more than that. The first time they come into a bra shop, once they come into a bra shop, find their right bra size or what's best for them. That's the other thing
0: you have to think about
2: their sure. likes,
1: too. Um, then they're then they're good. So a lot of people in Detroit are golden.
0: Came in when Amazon really started. I feel like they became really big, what, 12, 13, something like that. Yeah, but sure. as you're opening your retail store, is that your biggest competition? Stopping people ordering online and getting them to come into you? Yes. Yeah.
1: So I just started a new hashtag called okay. "Doors, Not Apps." So if you can shop by opening a door and not opening an app, I highly recommend it.
2: I mean I would never buy a bra online. I mean there's certain things yes I'll buy online, but a bra I just wouldn't because I want to be fitted and make sure it actually feels comfortable.
1: Right. If you when you come into a store like ours, we do have a website. You get into the the bra that that fits really well, we're going to more than likely buy that bra again next season in different colors. You're welcome to to purchase it online. Promise store once you absolutely know you're fitting. I say get a fitting once a year just to make sure things haven't changed because our bodies change. They don't stay static. We're that not mannequins. Um, we have different things in life that happen, right? Do you Pregnancy, feel like, yeah, blah, blah,
2: blah. 100%. Do you feel like you have a lot of repeat customers or like they come in, they get fitted, and they order online the next year? Or like how does that work?
1: We do. We have a lot of repeat customers. Oh. Yeah. And we have people who travel once a year. I have a lady who comes oh. up from Alabama every August and she buys 1838 double H's. Wow. every August
0: there you go
2: yeah that's amazing that could go be our next travel. location
0: Alabama there seems to be a lack I of think we off. should be everywhere that's right
2: is that <laughs> the goal uh
0: you have six stores now two in uh, Chicago two in Detroit one yeah. in Rochester Hills one in Ann Arbor yeah lucky number seven coming up somewhere no Nope.
1: maybe for about two weeks I'll have seven stores because I am moving one of my stores up the street from itself okay um No, I need to get these six really solid
0: and stable. Um,
1: 2023 has been really rough on retailers.
0: Yeah, I know Mm -hmm. you were mentioning about like a post-COVID, if you want to go into that a bit more. How do you think COVID's affected things now? Because a lot of people think COVID's in the past. but They do.
1: They do. They think that COVID's in the past. But the effects are being felt now. And you look at how things have gone up in price. Um, Everything has gone up. Mm -hmm. Rents, electricity. Um, every item that I purchase in the back, you know, everything has gone up. Um, employee pay, um, taxes—it's all—it's all gone up. But uh, you're you're trying to stabilize the prices in the store. Plus, people don't have the disposable income that they had. True. Directly after, and our inventory supply chain went really down. Right. And right. so then you have to bring that back up. It, there's a lot of different factors that go into it. It can get pretty ugly when you think about what's happened. The the technology world, all the stuff that we have to have has gone up. Advertising is different. You don't advertise in the ways that you advertised prior. You do a lot more social media advertising, which is very hit or miss. Oh, yes. But I get off on it like nobody's business. Right.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: Jordana would know. That's, her company. That's what I do. Yeah, yeah. this
1: morning, I, yeah. You spend an hour and a half in the morning before you get out of bed to take a shower, and it's like post, 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 post stories, and look at my analytics, and check out my—it's very interesting. But this is when you're going to talk to many different people in many different small businesses where they say now is the effect, and the online gig economy, all that stuff came into play. People got used to buying online for everything, and they're not going in to buy a hammer at the hammer store. They're going to buy it somewhere else yeah. and have it shipped in, forgetting that their neighbors are right there and that the people that work for their neighbor, you know, lives down the street and they buy stuff from the ice cream parlor. And if they don't have money to buy things from the ice cream parlor, then the people who work at the ice cream parlor get laid off and the guy who owns the ice cream parlor has to shut down. And it all, be,
2: it, it, it's... It's a trickle effect.
1: Yeah, we've got to keep our money in our economy you've got to keep it here you've got to keep it local as much as you can
0: well one thing i noticed um you know because me and my wife we had a retail store for a while is and i can i i couldn't guarantee this was happening but sometimes i would have to you know my wife had other things and i would cover for her in there you see sometimes writing down the brands or maybe take a picture and uh you know they're gonna go and check it online oh they
1: tell us they are they'll spend an hour with us and have us write everything down for them and take pictures of tags, and then they go, oh, thanks, I'm going to go buy it online, and they walk out. It's very demoralizing. That's just rude to, to, i never had anyone people. officially
0: say that to me. That was my assumption. Every week. Well, Every week, well, somebody you says it to us. you have a comeback us? line to that when they say it?
1: No, we say, thanks, have a great day, hope you'll come back and see us sometime, because we don't want to be rude, and, yeah. and people will put bad, negative things out about you that aren't real, because you might retaliate and say something. Well,
0: but, so they're actually saying, thanks, I'm going to go buy this online?
2: Yeah. I can't believe that people actually, I mean, like, I, I can say believe we have people have an online do store, that, Right.
1: They do. They do it, and it it hurts the employees feelings and if they do then i'm gonna go i'm going to look at some of the factories and talk to them see what
2: so then speaking of actually i have a question for you so how do you manage all six stores then if you're not in every location coffee okay
0: (laughs) so what did you say to the six managers who called said you got sad employees this month
2: I'll do
1: my best to figure something out. We meet once a week on Zoom with okay. all of the different uh, managers, and I go into the stores. So we have managers in every store. Okay. that That's a big thing. I also have um, a lady who's a trainer who goes to the different stores, and she trusts okay. it. She gets everybody on the same page. Awesome. And I have a, a right-hand lady named Takea who is fantastic, and she's got her fingers into all of it. And okay. she's, she's sometimes more obsessed than I am. <laughs> So we, we do have a nice team, and I have partners who work with me who do some of the stuff that I really hate.
0: You said consolidation. What does consolidation look like?
1: Um, consolidating, not really. Okay. Uh, oh. Focusing on the okay. six I have, growing within those stores, creating more traction in those stores. Yeah. Uh, we are... Doing more marketing I was in Forbes Three weeks ago
2: Oh amazing Congrats Thank
1: you Thank you very much They were covering Veteran owned businesses And I went to New York Pitched a couple Of journalists And they They took me up on it Amazing Yep So it was really awesome Forbes was great Very generous With that Fabulous article And uh, we've been Of course Working with a PR company Uh, I'm going to be Going to Paris And working with Some of the Vendors out there With vendor partnerships Yep, so focusing, it, really just getting into the nitty-gritty of it, trying to develop our own brand. Um, Looking at franchising, still haven't pulled the trigger on that yet. That, to me, is going to be a big deal. I'm in my mid-50s. Am I going to be doing this in my mid-70s, running every store? That would be a no. Um, I'm going to be on a reality TV show called Beta Blocks. We just got cast for that. It's like...
0: This, like, Bravo type? Yeah, what is this?
1: This is, uh, it'll be downloaded. I can't really talk about where where it will be downloaded for sure, but you can find past episodes on Amazon Prime, as well as they have Facebook page, Beta Blocks, where you can okay. watch uh, some of the um, episodes there. We'll
2: have to put this in the show notes that she's going to be on this. That's
0: right. Yeah, you missed that one. Any famous celebs been in your bra shops?
1: Oh, yes. Um... We've had a few, actually, which has been fun. And, of course, some of my my brain's not going to come forward with that information. Dita Vontis has been in. Oh, okay. Uh, Dita, Dita, we sold some of her stuff, but she came in when she was was here in town. And give me a few minutes, and I'll be able to tell you some of the other Famous people who I can't think of right
0: now. Has the the press helped you get business? You you mentioned Forbes. Has that driven any? I know we talk about shopping local, but those Mm -hmm. sort of articles, do they drive traffic to your website that you then ship out of town?
1: They do. Yeah, they do. And people will call me. Media has helped quite a bit. And we get a lot of local media coverage to Fox, 2 We're working on our veteran-owned certification since I'm a veteran. And once that happens, I'm hoping that that gets picked up again because that's a pretty big deal.
0: Yeah, to get any through
1: any of that kind of certification process
0: Yeah, as you look at your, your journey um, what would be some of the toughest times you would look back on would it be the, the accident in the Navy would it be just different journeys of a retail store where you really had to dig deep and, and uh, draw on those reserves of self-belief
1: Oh and how to yeah. get through them love <laughs> right. I mean you have to love yourself yeah. That's that's the first fundamental part of that. And knowing that there is someone else who relies on you having children is pretty fantastic. Um and strength there. The the accident was bad. Right. But I didn't have any any other choice other than figuring it out and I'm one of those people when someone says you can't
2: pushes you harder.
1: You do it. If you say no, no is a perfectly acceptable answer to a question. But right. you can't is absolutely not an acceptable answer to a question. So when someone says you can't, I go, yeah, screw you. Watch this. Hold my beer. Right. Um, so that's one of the things. There, you know, as a young human after the military, I did marry a Marine. And um, he passed by his own hand. Oh. Uh, that was very, very difficult. We had actually gotten divorced um, a couple months prior. And to look at that and not do self-blame, that's that's been a lot. That's probably been the worst.
0: Yeah. How did you work through that? I mean...
1: I think I still work through that. Right. Yeah, I still work through that. Um, It's a lot of talking, good friends. I don't know. You just... Yeah. Figure it out. Yeah. Some people do therapy, that's not my, my jam.
0: Yeah. Tell that to Karina. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nope. Why why is why why wouldn't that why wouldn't you want to talk about it? and why talk with friends as opposed to talking to a therapist?
1: I don't know. it's got I mean, I do know.
2: <laughs> okay. yeah. I don't know, it's not a good answer. I do know.
1: <laughs> Yeah, I do know, but it's it all goes back to to parenting, not not me parenting my child, but somebody parenting me. Yeah, that it's it wasn't an acceptable spot to be in. Okay,
2: you
0: gotta you know stiff Uh, up. You know what you gotta do now,
1: cowgirl was always the answer. You gotta
2: call Keith's
0: wife.
1: (laughs) Keith's wife calls me. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. Yes. Um, I have some amazing friends, and we do therapy together, but you know meditation is more of my friend right than anything else and as a as a young human I didn't like to be weak sure in any form or fashion I wanted to be my own person and have my own strength and do my own thing and
0: so what, what is your yeah. definition of weak now is probably a lot different to what it was when you were 25 as you look back now what would you say is weak behavior
1: you ask hard questions. That's what is right, wrong right. with you? That's what we're here for. We're here to talk to you. <laughs> well, I think strength now is, you know, being able to get through the day and ticket take it through, right. um, and hit my goals, check off my boxes. That to me is, I did that, I did that. Look at that, I gained. We call it leveling up between me and Lisa. I'll call her and say, I accomplished this, I accomplished that. She's like, you leveled up. So it's all a it's a it's a board game. Right. Um when I was young, er mm-hmm. 30 years ago, I think that strength was um being as independent as possible, not relying on anyone. Now strength is having the ability to rely on someone. I think that's the answer that I like.
0: Yeah. One of Jordana's favorite themes of the podcast is community. And oh, hey, yes. Say it for me.
2: Community That's relationships.
0: Right. Yeah, Jordana brings it up each time because it comes up each time. And um, I know that you talking about your community of friends and that sort of thing, but community helps your business. You do a lot of bra parties. I do. Um, what is a bra party? And how?
1: A bra party is typically done in a store, and you have a couple of hours to yourself. You bring your friends, your family, um, people in your office. And we all come in and we do a bra fittings. Bra fittings, there's snacks. It's always snacks. Uh, Refreshments. And it's a place where you just go and you have a good time in the lingerie. Yeah, it's pretty much just like that. We give out gifts. We do prizes. You know, and that's how we really grew the business is through private parties. Because one person would find us and go, this is booby voodoo. And then they would bring their friends in
0: cool i I was uh, talking about another sector where you can do more specialist work and i think you do a lot of charity work is people who've maybe had to have a breast removed or Mm -hmm. different body challenges um helps their self-esteem to find something that fits them and you do a lot of that is that right
1: i do yep we do a lot of of post-surgery um pre-surgery items so uh, we do that um also after babies. You know, we do nursing and maternity wear, too. So pretty much if it goes on your boobs, we sell it. Right. Yeah, we help you find it. We also work with church groups and work with our vendors to get donations from the vendors to get good pricing so we can take bras Mm -hmm. in for church groups, especially in places of of economic need. We take gently used, uh, clean bras and donate them to support. I support the girls, the Detroit chapter here. Okay. We do that every day every day so we're collecting bras and sometimes they even are still have tags on them Wow! but people didn't wear them for whatever reason they changed who knows what reason they may have so we don't we take those and we take period supplies as well for I support the girls and then they get distributed to people in need it's a great cause and then we some of our bra fitters have gone and helped them with that too um organizing and cleaning and all the things that's great that happened there we support sports teams
0: what is uh, what is your secret to employee retention, and has it been harder to find good employees these days?
1: Um, I think it's harder to find compatible employees. I think they all have good potential, um, but sometimes it's just really not compatible to retail because you do have – Issues with someone and you have to learn Customer service that's the customer Service aspect of it um, Usually people leave because of, of That and right. also you know A retail job is, is sometimes A stepping stone job Yeah. Um, a part time job a side Gig and so we have people Who kind of float in and out we'll have someone Who will work for us for a couple of years and they'll go off And do another More full time job with massive Amounts of benefits we have some benefits But, they'll, but then they'll come back and work for us again, you know, for another year, maybe part-time. Some people just kind of pop in and go, hey, do you need anybody on a Saturday and Sunday if they've worked for us in the past? And it gives us the opportunity to let somebody go uh, who needs to have a day off.
2: Oh, that's amazing. Uh, Yeah,
1: we have really, really kind employees that have worked for us in the past. Sometimes they'll volunteer for when we go out to churches and do our our fit events for people who are economically challenged. They'll volunteer for that and come and help. So we do have co- we do have employees that aren't compatible in our culture, uh, but then we have the majority of them are
0: right. Yeah. And as you look back, what are the, what are the three qualities you have that you think have helped you become successful?
1: Oh, um, I'm insane. No, okay. um, the three qualities that I have that have helped me become successful. I, mean, uh, I, I think touch I'm on stubborn. That real quick,
0: I mean, like insane. I know it's a kind of a joke, but yeah. it's partly you don't let risk. Bother you? Because yeah, maybe the risk is it, people might say you're insane to take it on, but you're right. you're okay with dealing with risk and you keep a goal in mind. You've
1: got one life. Right. If you want to do something, do it. If you don't if you want to do something, you say, I want to do this, and you don't do it, you really don't want to. If you have that that pull from the center of your gut that's taking you on a journey, you know you wanna do this. So I think that is, is being in control of your own anxiety yeah. is the level of insanity I'm talking about. Um, and and I'm, I'm just as I'm rebellious. If you say I can't, I'm going to. Because, um, you know, you have no idea. Oh, little girl, you're going to go and try the hand at business.
0: All right, well, I appreciate you coming in and uh, telling us about your life and your stores. And I recommend everyone have a, a, a bra party.
1: I really appreciate your openness to have me here, and
2: Keith, you are right. you are a stand-up kind of human.
0: I right. try. Thank uh, you for
2: yeah. joining Thank us, and it
1: was so nice it's to me meet you
2: as well. I'm gonna book a bra party for Valentine's Day for my staff.
0: Yes,
1: that'll be fun. Yeah, it it really is fun, and normalizing bras as a regular part of our wardrobe is important. A
2: hundred percent. Yeah. All
0: right. Thanks.
2: You're welcome. Thank you,
0: Keith. Jordana. Let's get to the heart of the manor. Lee Let's Padgett. do it.
2: She was so good. I love her story and I love that. Like she really wants people to feel confident and fit in their bras. Honestly, you're a man, but like it's super key to not be uncomfortable in your bra. It's something you wear every day.
0: No, I can, I can imagine. I can imagine. And, uh, you know, I, I've tried for a few different underwears to find comfort in that area as well. So your <laughs> foundation layer, as I know it's called, is, uh, it's very important.
2: Yes. But no, as you said, like, it's relationships, like, people, there's so many, we're in a time now where you can buy anything online, but, like, people come into her store because they want to be fitted. I mean, personally, I can't imagine buying a bra online, but, definitely, you have to push yourself. I mean, she had a lot of hardships in her way, but, like, she pushed herself. I mean, like, for God's sakes, she was, woke up one night with a dream to do it. Like, yes. that's just, like, if that's not hustle, I don't know what is.
0: Yeah, yeah. you know know, woke up with a dream or woke up having a good idea that's festered for a few years and decided it's time to act on it then act on it you know people always say you don't want to have regrets of not doing something right
2: exactly you guys sometimes you have to stand up and you have to do it and then you really you try later you say hey i'm gonna do this like this will work out in the end it does but thank you so much for listening to this episode and we hope to bring you a lot more episodes in the future
0: yeah, yeah, thank you, and uh, I want to give a big shout out to our um, partner office, Evolution of Troy. We uh, don't always talk about them in depth, but they've got amazing facilities here in Troy, and if you need to rent office space, they've got great options for you.
2: They really, honestly, are the best people ever. To. You walk in, they're so warm, welcoming, they have free coffee, they're really you with anything. They're our tech support, we really love them.
0: Yeah, yeah. All right, well,
2: thanks, everyone. Thank you, thank you for listening. Does the idea of managing your social media intimidate you? Are you not seeing the results you'd like? Do you struggle to find the time that social media requires? At Jack Digital, we're happy to be the solution to all your social media needs. We work collaboratively with you and listen to your goals. We focus on building your brand and helping you create a personal connection with your audience. From social media consulting to customize social media strategies. We are here to help you have less stress and more results. And at the end of the day, enjoy your social media.
0: As a business owner, if the answer to the question, who does your credit card processing, is just, I'm not sure, or at my bank, I think, then you're obviously not receiving the royal treatment you deserve. Regal Payments helps businesses accept payments in the most efficient and cost-effective ways possible. And at Regal, we treat you like royalty. And in a good way, we're not going to chop off your head or write crazy stories about you in the tabloids. Think of Regal Payments like the king's butler. We'll be catering to all you and your royal subjects' needs to get the best payment experience possible. Contact Regal today to see how we may help you and serve you. RegalPayments.com or Keith at RegalPayments.com.